It is Tuesday, April 4th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today presented to you by MLB Nine Innings. That is my vacationing man, even though he's really not vacationing. He is hard at work in Hawaii. Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. Producer Dan along for the ride as well. Uh, are you already showered and everything? I am. I get up early here, man. Like I'm a 4.45, 5 a.m. guy in Hawaii. Ooh. I get up, I watch the sunrise, I do some work, have a cup of coffee. Here it is right here. See, Rosie, I, I don't want to waste one second while I'm out here because I'm having such a good time. So you go to bed at like seize the day, then? like nine, nine fifteen, definitely early right. nights. Yeah, okay. I get it. I get it. Wish Hopefully, you were here, uh, bro. You have. Oh, yeah, no, that's very sweet. But, you know, I'm better off right here. I, I don't want to ruin Olivia's vacation. Okay. So that's just, yeah, I think that's fair by me. Uh, so, yes, baseball today is presented to you by MLB Nine Innings. It has a wide variety of game modes from league mode. Users play through an entire season to live play-by-play. -play. They have over 2,000 player cards to collect and use in your dream roster. Most up-to-date rosters, team logos, ballparks, uniforms, and they're introducing new historic players to the MLB nine innings roster. Hall of Famers, Larry Walker, Walter Johnson, Hank Aaron, Mike Schmidt, Trevor Hoffman. So download and play MLB nine innings 23 today with the link in the description. And don't forget on Friday's show, we will unveil our MLB nine innings question of the week. So get your question in on our social media channels uh, on Chris Rose Sports by Thursday night. So you can be famous when we read it on air and get baseball today swag. I am wearing an old school Padres hat today. Old school. I don't. I don't even know what year this is from, Blue. That's got to be like two thousand eight to ten, something like that. Yeah, it just reminds yeah. me of Khalil Green or Yonder Alonso I, when he was on the Padres. Good one. Good one. Yeah. I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to go ask Yonder about that one. Okay. Um. So the Padres had a huge come-from-behind victory last night. After your boy Evan Longoria put the Diamondbacks up with his first Arizona homer. The Padres, though, go back-to-back. -back, pinch hitter, doll. Tim ends up walking it off. Now I'm going to play two different clips for you. One is the home team's call. One is the road <laughs> team's call. You'll have to figure out which one like is which. This. Here's one of them. Tim to left. Back goes Carroll. That's the ball game. Song Kim walks it off. Padres go back to back in the ninth. Win it five to four. They'll wait for him at the plate. It's time to celebrate. Okay, so that's one. Okay. Here's the other. This one is gone. <laughs> now, do you think the first or the second one? Was the Padres call? I think I know the answer to this one. I think it was the first one. Let me tell you something. I really like that uh, the score bug, like the Homer thing that comes on the screen that mm -hmm. Bally's is doing. I'm kind of mm -hmm. digging that right there. Yeah. We know where all their money went. Yeah. To show the exit velo, the launch angle. Okay. Cost a lot for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so down Orsillo on the first call, Steve Berthume of the Arizona Diamondbacks broadcast team with the second one. We've all been in there, Steve. Don't worry about it. So the bigger question here is, will San Diego stay up at the top of the standings in the NL West with the Dodgers all season? 
I, I expect them to at least be close. And, you know, I think they have figured some things out with their roster that the Dodgers have been doing for quite some time. And the reason I think the Dodgers have been, you know, at the forefront of the NOS for, you know, forever is the depth, you know, when they need to give guys a, a night off or they run into some injuries, like they have bench pieces they can draw from and they can also get guys from their minor league system. Padres, you know, last year, you know, they have high end talent. They did well in the playoffs, um, but I think at points their depth was tested. And this offseason, I know we got, you know, we got Bogarts to come over there. We made some big signings um, and extensions, but they also added debt pieces to the bench. You know, we have Cruz and Carpenter, like those guys are going to give you professional bats off the bench. Dahl, who I had on my show sequence, you know, uh, he's been an all star. The guy can do it. He makes the team out of spring training and gives you a great pinch hit at bat last night. So, like, these are the things that good teams are able to do. They get in these situations where maybe they, uh, you know, for instance, like last night, they they put a defensive uh, replacement in there and, you know, things change. The game changes and now they have to have a bat off the bench. Doll's a nice option to have. So having that depth, I think, will allow them to sustain, you know, uh, season long series wins and, and, and keep up with the Dodgers because that's what they've been able to do, you know. For the last 10 years. Isn't Ruggie Odor on their team too? Ruggie Odor's the on the team. Night? So he played right field last yeah. night or he was yeah, in the outfield. The first time it's... in his career. Yeah, it was bizarre. Yeah. Um, and let's not forget, what date are we on? We're on the fourth. So in 16 days, they're going to get somebody else back that might increase the depth yeah, of that line. Exactly. The, the bench will be even better because they have a starter come in. Yeah. So for me, the big question is, can they match up pitching wise? Because already yeah. in their first five games so far this year, uh, they have started the likes of Weathers, Waka, and who is the other one? The uh, I was oh Lugo. Okay, yeah. so those are. It, it's okay to get two of those guys. Now I know Darvish was pushed back. There was a little bit of you know unsettling situation uh, during spring training in the World Baseball Classic. How much he was being used? Was he ready? He finally, I think, makes his season debut today uh, in an early game against Arizona. They're going to have to make another move at some point, in my opinion, with that rotation, if they want to stick with the Dodgers. And then eventually, if they want to get to where to reach the Holy Grail. And they made it to game yeah. five of the NLCS last year. But let's remember what happened in the playoffs. Clevenger couldn't get an out when he was supplied to an early lead against Philly. John Manaya didn't help at all. Those were two guys they thought they were going to be able to rely on. They're going to have to make some shrewd moves during the season if they want to get to where they want to get to, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. You know, this is a team like you rely on your stars uh, to get you through a season, but every once in a while you need guys to come off the bench and give you a jolt, you know, spark your team. And they did it last night, two jolts last night. I was wondering what Kim did with his helmet. I saw him take it off. And that second video you showed he was just carrying it around the base pass like a package. So I'm in. I like that. Uh, one last thing. Obviously, Joe Musgrove, who dropped a uh, a kettlebell on his toe in the spring training, will be back at some point soon. And I'm going to yeah, guess I, that that thing wasn't like the uh, wasn't like the five pound kettlebell that I used. We heard someone got back to me because I've been asking that. I'm like, this guy's massive. Was it a hundred pound kettlebell? I think it was a thirty five pound kettlebell, which is pretty light for. For him, maybe some slippery hands. Uh, well, maybe sweating he was just too doing much. One arm kettlebell stuff, not not swinging stuff. Okay, 
You ever do kettlebells? Yeah, I did. But now after my second back surgery, that has been taken out of the repertoire. Okay. I did that some yesterday. Out. That is, you did? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't mind them, but I'm just telling you. And it, I'm not interested in having a third surgery. I'm not trying to get okay. the, I'm not trying to do the uh, yogurt punch card where the 10th one's free. I don't want that. No, we don't need that seat. We need you in that seat, ready to go. Thank you. Uh, Braves win the series opener between reigning division champs in the East and the Central. You can have only one lineup between those two teams. Which one are you taking? This was tough for me. Um, yeah. I think <laughs> I knew that it, it was. I think I'm taking the Cardinals, and immediately. Um, I kind of regret that decision. And the first team that came to mind was the Braves. Uh, but I think like the Cardinals one through nine, just a little bit deeper. Like if you, if you take the high end talent, say like the top four guys, I think I'm on the Braves, like Riley Olson, Acuna, and I guess Harris. Um, I, I kind of like that better than Arenado, Goldie Contreras. And I guess you'd throw in like Lars or, you know, I don't know who else would be a top four uh, offensive guy for them. Maybe Jordan Walker, who knows? Uh, but one through nine, I just think there's kind of no break in that Cardinals lineup. It can get a little thin down there with the the Braves. You know, I, I love Rosario, uh, but I think I'd take some of these other guys instead of him. Um, two very, very good lineups, see Rosie. But I, like I said, I think one through nine, the Cardinals are a little bit deeper. So I'll go with the Cardinals. I'll, I'm going to take the cards as well. They're scary. I think haven't you said several times that they have too much talent? They can, but too many people to play in these positions. Yeah. That's the thing. Do you know who's not getting at bats right now? Dylan Carlson, the yeah. guy who finished third in the rookie of the year voting. He's just not, he's not getting ABs right now. So they've got a little bit of an issue that they're going to have to work through. Um, if they're going to keep Jordan Walker as the dude in right field, and my God, I finally saw him hit yesterday for the first time because I just, I haven't had, you know, I didn't have a chance when I was on the road doing our college tour. I finally had a chance to see him and he fills up a batter's box. He's, He's like massive infield in there. If you oh, are that's a good one. Anybody that hit, well, I mean, we haven't had very many people, right, that are just enormous like that. Yeah. Aaron Judge is the largest position player in the history of the sport. But for people who want to dial it back, 30 to 40 years. Dave Winfield was one of the guys who was just such an enormous outfielder, you know, a three sports star, all sorts of stuff. And he kind of reminds me a little bit of him size wise. He's still Dave Winfield, still massive, still in pretty good shape, big old paws on him. He comes around to the clubhouses a lot and uh, yeah. a very intimidating like figure. And big boy, you know, one guy that they didn't have, for the full year a season ago was Tyler O'Neill, who's yeah. off to a solid start. If he is back to what he was a few years ago, then that's another guy you have to give consistent at bats to. So somebody's going to be sitting, whether it's Nolan Gorman, Dylan Carlson, somebody's got to yeah. see you. It's almost like they're forced to make a trade if everybody is healthy at midseason. I hate picking against the Braves, man. Like uh, Riley's homer yesterday, about as perfect as oh. you can hit a ball. I think it was like 28-degree yeah. launch angle, 114 off the bat. I mean, that's like – that's pure as it gets. Uh, who would you say top four offensive people in that Cardinals lineup? Because I was trying to like – when I was 
going for the high end talent. It's easy to do that with the Braves. You could actually plug and play a couple different people. But for the Cardinals, I was like, I don't really know. It's Goldie Arenado. I would say Wilson Contreras and Newt Bar. Well, see, all right now, Donovan Wilson Contreras is a little bit because of uh, position, right? He's you had just, some really good offensive years, though. He has had. He has. Uh, okay, so who is the fourth in that group? I don't know. Donovan? They have options. Tyler O'Neill when he's right. Yeah, but he he just wasn't right last year at all. Yeah. God, I I, I put the uh, the bad juju on him last year when I picked him as a surprise MVP candidate. You did do that, didn't you? I remember, remember that. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, that was horrible. I like that. You're not putting bad juju on him. You're you're hyping him up, man. Okay. I did. Uh, today's episode of Baseball Today is sponsored by our friends over at Shady Rays. I certainly nice. hope you were putting those on over in the great state of Hawaii. Take on the sun with gear that is built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with premium polarized shades at a very affordable price. In fact, Shady Rays offers a world-class product just as good as any expensive pair out there. Durable frames, extremely clear optics, and that's not all. My favorite thing about them, Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in the history of eyewear. Every pair of shades backed by lost and broken replacements. So what does that mean, Plouf? When you sit on them with your fat, you know what? They'll replace them for you. <laughs> yes. Even on day one, <laughs> if it happens on the first day you own them, you don't call up the place and then get chastised. They'll go, it's okay, Mr. Rose. We were expecting this call. We will send you a brand new pair immediately. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays has given out their best deal of the season. So I want you to go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code word today, 50% off two plus pair polarized sunglasses. Go do that so you can look great, feel great, feel comfortable. Because when you lose them or break them several times a season, like somebody on this show, they're going to take care of you. Shady Rays. We continue on. You yelled at me yesterday because you you said, "Why are we talking about your Guardians? They may they may have had the most impressive series win of anybody up there in Seattle." Well, their West Coast swing continued out in Oakland last night. I know it was just against the A's, but they had an up and down game. Their starter didn't even get out of the second inning, and they ended up winning this thing in extra innings for the second straight day. They have ripped off four straight wins. Please tell me, are my Guardians a serious World Series contender or just flirting atop the division? I want to say they're a World Series contender. I think they're similar to the Padres. I think they might need to figure something out with the rotation. Right now, it seems pretty thin there. I know we have some injuries happening, but that's kind of like the one area that I look at that keeps them off of that top tier. But I'll tell you this, C. Rosie, nobody wants to play these guys. Nobody wants to play the Guardians because they actually play the way teams talk about playing as far as running the bases, playing with urgency, you know, just doing things the right way, like putting pressure on defenses. And it all starts from the top. Like you want to talk about young guys and, and them bringing energy. But when your leader, Jose Ramirez, plays like that, like it yeah. just, it sends shockwaves through the rest of the lineup. And like, you know, last night he had his hand in everything, you know, uh, scoring that run, diving head first into the plate. Like that's, that's a play that you don't expect your MVP candidate to be making. Like that's, that doesn't really happen, especially, you know, he's, he's no spring chicken. He's been doing it for quite some time. 
Um, so I, I think that they are, I think that they need maybe a little bit, maybe just to get healthy in the rotation. I think that would help them, but like, they just, they pick each other up, man. Who came in last night? I got Curry comes in in the second maybe inning, gives him, five, gives him five innings. I mean, that's stuff mm-hmm. like that keeps you in a ball game, allowed them to come back. Class A blows it. So what? They answer back and end up winning the game. I think they're just a team that doesn't give up. And like, I, and like I said, nobody, nobody wants to play them because it's just pressure, pressure, pressure constantly. Um, so, you know what? I will say they are a World Series contender. I, I do believe that. Uh, so what would make them a World Series contender? If you're a team in the American League, can they compete with Houston and New York? That's the question you have to answer, really. That, that's it right there. And the Everybody twins, else, there's, there are definitely some good teams. The Twins are good teams. Seattle's a good team. Toronto's a really good team. Tampa's a good team. They can compete with all of those teams on a consistent basis. So the question is, can the Guardians be good enough to topple New York and Houston? I was shocked that the Guardians not only led the divisional round two games to one, but took it to five. I was really surprised. I just didn't feel like the matchup was very good. So I guess I am more confident in this team. And do they have the ability to compete with those two big boys? I think they do, but I think they're going to have to make a trade or they're going to have to do something which they haven't done. Rely on young pitchers to come up and get a shot. They have Gavin Williams. Daniel Spino is a guy who's just been injured. They Everybody grades him out as having the best fastball, I think, in, in the minor leagues. And um, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. But Gavin Williams is a big kid, 6'6". Six, six. I say give him a shot in the rotation, especially if Plesak continues to stink it up. Last night, I get it was just his first start of the year, but this has been going on for a while now. And if you can't rely on him, and if they won't have McKenzie for two months, go try one of your kids. Go do it. I don't know what they're waiting on. We're talking about a guy they drafted a couple of years ago that went all the way through college. You never know what you might find. Let's stop babying these guys. So do you think they're a World Series contender? Yes. I think so too, man. I think, look, <laughs> I know we always talk about the Astros and the Yankees and, and we even bring the Mariners and the Rays into that conversation as well and my Blue Jays. Um, but there's some good squads there. And then, you know, man, like uh, the playoffs are, I don't want to call them a crapshoot because I don't think that's entirely true, but you get a team hot. Um, and that style of play, I know you can hit homers and win games in the playoffs, but that style of play, that pressure pack style of play, I think is, I think does well in the postseason. Mm-hmm. By the way, somebody, a race, I don't know how I say your name in the chat on our amp feed. The guardians are treated like the Yankees and Dodgers on this podcast. It's infuriating. Well, a, that's not accurate. We don't treat the guardians quite like the Dodgers and Yankees. So, a, you're misinformed. B, over the last decade, only one team in the American League has more wins than the Cleveland Guardians. So, I don't know. They've been pretty good. Yeah, I feel like the Guardians have been better than the Yankees over the last five years, probably. Record-wise? Um, I would say it's probably pretty close. Maybe the Yankees have a few more wins. But... I don't know. No, you didn't even mention. Haven't... I don't. I don't buy that, dude. We don't need to listen to this guy because you know what? Like I said yesterday, you didn't even bring up the fact that they took three or four from the Mariners. 
That was very humble yeah. of you, C. Rosie. Very unbiased. Yeah. Okay. Let's move from the AL Central to the National League Central, where the Milwaukee Brewers had their home opener, and boy, did they tee off on the Mets. Tommy Hunter deals again to right and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here! Gone! The rookie Terang with his first career homer, his first career grand slam. That was Bryce Terang. Uh, former first round pick by the Brew Crew, a 10 nothing win. Let's just start with that. I always love it when guys have their first homer and the families are all there. And, you know, I heard the interview with mom and dad, and I didn't even know dad had, you know, a little bit of time in the show with the Mariners a couple decades ago, which was pretty neat. Um, I love those moments, dude. I do too. That was incredible. I, I'm telling you, these lights, the way they can just go on and off in these home runs, like the light show, it yeah. just makes it so much more special, dude. Love that. Yeah, it's sweet. Um, so do you think the Brewers are going to push the Cardinals there in the central? I think they will. Yeah, I think that they're a very good team. And then we have this uh, this group at the bottom of the lineup. We talked about a little bit on Talking Baseball. They're, they're dubbing them the freshmen. You know, you were a big Garrett Mitchell guy last year. He's kind of like uh, – mm -hmm. he's still a young guy, but he was that last year. But Bryce Terang, Joey Weimer, there's another guy I'm missing too. Um, but these guys coming and, and being a force at the bottom of the lineup, I think we talk about depth and we talk about one through nine. And, you know, if you, if you have guys that can spark you like, like last night for Terang, uh, or, or aren't just outs at the bottom of your lineup, that's how you compete with these, with, with the Cardinals, in my opinion, they, we know what they can do. They can pitch the ball. They can, they have good starting, uh, good starting pitching, high end bullpen talent. I think we've talked about this for a long time with them. Like they've just been a little offensively challenged. They bring in Winker. They don't make some other big moves. But when I asked, you know, some people with the Brewers organization, like why, why didn't you guys go after uh, some of these names? It's because they were, they trust these kids to come up. Like this is kind of a crew that's come up and is going to kind of reshape what they're doing there in Milwaukee. So if they continue to play like this, I don't expect them to, you know, I'll be rookie of the year candidates. There's going to be some up and ups and downs with these guys, but I think having them at the bottom of the lineup, giving them, you know, a little bit extra energy, if you will, uh, will allow them to compete with the Cardinals. So the thing I'm, I worry about them offensively is their inability to put the ball in play last year out of all the guys who played at least a hundred games for the Brewers. I think the highest batting average on the team was 255. That's not good enough. Now, I know that pe people will say, oh, Rose, it's not that big a deal anymore. We're just looking strictly at on base. I'm curious to see if that still holds true with now the banning of the shift, uh, with a lot of people, you know, with athleticism being put back into the game. I don't know if it's fully going to change, but I want to see somebody hit higher than 255 on your team. Somebody, you know, give me a guy that sprinkles in 278. You know, let's really live on the edge because I just want to see they hit homers. They got guys that can mash. I'm with you. But let's create some sort of rally, some sort of pressure on the pitcher, particularly with the new disengagement rules and everything else. It's not as simple as waiting around for a big fly with a couple guys on base. There are ways to get to pitchers these days, make them think about. I mean, look at all the stolen bases we've had here yeah. in less than a week. Game's changing, it's man. It is changing. So that's what I'm saying is let's not just rely on, okay, well, if he walks, that's good enough. You know, we'll, we'll do that. 
Put, I think that guys we're going to go ahead. Sorry. No, no, finish. Go. I think we're going to see a big difference in roster construction in the coming years, you know, as, as you know, the pit, not the pitch, I guess the pitch clock does uh, impact it, but the disengagement rule, like, we're, like you said, we're seeing stolen bases at a pretty alarming clip. I think we're going to see more roster constructed based a, a, around speed. Whereas before over the last, I don't know, 10 years, it's been all about slug. I think we're going to see, you know, these teams go and say, you know what, we need some guys. Well, let's weaponize the base pass a little bit. Yep. We've seen already, you know, guys like the likes of Corbin Carroll. I know he's got some pop too, but let's get exciting guys like these on the field, on the base pass, because just like I talked about the Guardians, that's just pressure, man. And you, playing defense with speedy runners all over the place, it's very difficult. And I think it helps you win games. Yep. It sure is. Last thing before we get out of here on the YouTube and the podcast side, Kansas City Royals get off the schneid. They got their first win of the season as they dismantled the Toronto Blue Jays. Our guy Vinny Pasquantino got a big hit, and apparently whenever that happens, they have a Pasquatch walk around the stadium. Uh, By the way, you can go get your Pasquatch shirt on shop.johnboymedia.com if you'd like to. Uh, Vinny sent me a picture recently. He was wearing it and drinking from a Rose Rotation mug, coffee mug. Wow. So he's representing the brand. I love that. But let's get back to the Pasquatch at Kauffman Stadium. Are you on board with it? Or is it a little creepy? Yes, I am on board with this, Chris. And I got a lot of hate yesterday because I was like off of the Viking celebration for the yes, Reds. A lot of people are not happy with me. Uh, but something like this, where it's like not the actual team doing it, it's it's whatever a promotional person with the with, or maybe that is is that a real Sasquatch? I don't want to spoil anybody's uh, view there, but I'm gonna guess it's I, not real. It could be okay. a Cowboy Media intern that we have sent okay. out there. All I'm saying is this is fun. Like this is creative, and it's I like this because it doesn't involve your team. The Reds thing, I'm telling you guys, it's you guys can like it. I'm just saying it's. When you get to a certain point in the season, you're not going to be having as much fun. We saw that with the Red Sox and their trolley or the the laundry cart rides. Like there were some yeah. sad ass laundry cart rides, and it made me feel bad. <laughs> okay, but this I like. Okay. Uh, I'm in for this. So when the Royals are 15 games under 500 and the Pasquatch still makes an appearance, you're on board. I, I am because it's not the team; it's somebody else doing it. Let somebody else celebrate for you. So I sent Vinny that clip. I was like, did you even know anything about this? He's like, this is the first time I'm seeing it. So I it. think we've made him aware. Um, I mean, who wouldn't? That. Like, that's pretty cool, man. Hit a homer and this guy's walking around the stadium. Very subtle. That's You know what? That's what I like. A little subtle uh, celebration, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And Reds, um, do whatever you want. What does it matter what I say? You guys just do whatever you want. I'm just expressing an opinion. That's all. Yes, you are, and you're entitled to it, even if it stinks sometimes, just like even if it stinks. Uh, he's now, does Vinny have to keep his distance from the Pasquatch, or does he go seek him out and try and take a photo with him? I don't think anyone should touch the Sasquatch, just leave the Sasquatch alone. Does the Sasquatch eat barbecue? That's what I want to know because Kansas City, man, mm. you know what? I'm gonna va- FaceTime Vinny right now and let's uh. What does Sasquatch want... eat? Deer? Oh, I don't know. People? Ooh. I don't know. Oh, he's going to big league me. He's not answering. That's rough. Okay. 
right. I'm getting yelled at in the chat because people don't like my celebration takes. I don't mean don't yeah. don't you can celebrate. You don't have to have this big hoopla about it. That's all. Yeah. You're fair. All right. Uh, what else do you have coming up on uh, on John Boy Media? Uh, I'm doing our Wednesday episode of Talking Baseball right after this. It'll come out tomorrow. We have some good topics there. I think we're talking about pitch clock. Uh, Manford had this conference talking about uh, this analytical arms race that leads to nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be talking about that, Rendon stuff, kind of big topical episode and then friday we'll have the recap uh, again jake and i will be recapping this week's series man what do you got good uh trevor may rose rotation something happened in the a's guardians game that we talked about on the show so okay very interesting um make sure you go give him a listen he's he's fascinating he's got a lot of interest outside of this baseball world i like him yeah uh he's also Highest paid Oakland A this year. Good for him. By a lot. He's lasted a long time in the big leagues, man. Like, I'm I'm, I'm proud of him. He's almost got 10 years in, I bet. Yeah, I think he's eight eight plus. I'm going to check right right. now. He had six in Minnesota and a couple in New York. He's got eight at the beginning of the year, so he'll have nine after this year. Yeah. Uh, before we go, we would be remiss if we did not uh, talk about our buddy Liam Hendricks. He announced that he is starting his final round of chemotherapy. So good for him. We want to see him back and healthy. He's smiling. He let White Sox fans know that he is on his way. So uh, that is the most important thing that we can talk about on today. It's awesome. So Liam, go do your thing, man. Go yeah, we're behind you, Liam. For our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, and the always entertaining Trevor Plouffe, I am Chris Rose. We will see you Wednesday on Baseball Today.